Welcome to the Barefoot Lunch Podcast, dedicated to helping CEOs hire exceptional people and individuals realizing their ambitions, potential, and land sweet jobs. I'm your host, David Sweet. So I'm very pleased to welcome Anthony Head to the Barefoot Lunch Podcast this morning. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks, David. Looking forward to having a, another enjoyable conversation. So Anthony is uh, leading the charge over at Hamago DB in Tokyo and uh, focused a lot on SMEs, uh, but mainly through the recruitment uh, arm of companies, helping them build up uh, databases and uh, other marketing uh, materials. And we've, I've been pleased with all the, the work that I, you guys have done for me. Uh, Thank you. So um, let's, let's get into it. Uh, tell us about you and, and how you, what brought you to Tokyo? About 10 years ago, I was uh, based in Australia, uh, and I had actually met my wife in Australia. She was uh, the finance director for, uh, for 20th Century, no, actually, sorry, Qantas uh, at the time. And basically, obviously, we're now married, but I, I followed her back to Japan. Um, I could either do two things. I could either let her go to Japan and have a, a a remote relationship or come to Japan and have a proper relationship. Uh, initially, I did actually a bit of a hybrid. So I was, uh, I, ca- I come from uh, a digital agency in Australia uh, focusing on the industrial markets. Uh, I was their Insight Connections uh, director there. Uh, my territory was basically Australia. So I uh, went to my boss at the time and said, you know, this is my life course, so to speak. Um, would you be open to me relocating to Japan and working remotely back into Australia? Uh, he said no, um, and I, that was that, that was it for me. It was like, okay, you've just you've just you know waved that red flag in front of me. So I came back to him with a value proposition, uh, which was basically let me work for six months. I'll pay for everything. If I don't succeed, you've lost nothing. But if I succeed, You've gained a lot. Uh, subsequently, so my territory expanded from Australia to um, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Tokyo. So I had clients in all three cities, all four cities. So he said, okay, great, go for it. And that's what I did. Every two months I would fly back to Australia, see all my clients, and then I'd route back through Hong- Singapore, Hong Kong, and, uh, and Tokyo. And... Uh, Basically, I'm doing, I was doing a remote sales role or more of a marketing role uh, before any of this COVID-19 stuff and all the working from home and stuff. So I did it for four, four years, actually, four and a half, five years. Uh, and to be honest, that was my most productive and most successful period with the company. Um, but I subsequently got sick of traveling. Uh, it's fantastic for the first year or two, but... It takes its toll uh, after that. So I decided to look for a role in Japan, and subsequently I'm now with Tamago. Yeah. So tell us uh, what you're doing with Tamago. So Tamago, I'm the business manager for Japan. Um, so what I basically, I'm the, uh, I suppose the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inval- uh, 
evangelist yeah. for the Tamago, which, which in, in its core business is an ATS. It's an applicant tracking system for recruitment agencies, small to medium. Uh, and we are basically, we were born from, from the, I was going to say ashes, but it's not really, from the success of uh, Career Cross. So the, the guy that created Career Cross, Richard Blaisouth, uh, subsequently sold the business and launched Tamago. And in since I've been at Tamago since 2000 and what's it now, 20, 2018, January or February. Uh, and when I came on board, I was come on board not just to build the ATS side of the business, which is the technology side, but also the marketing, recruitment marketing side of the business. Um, and so now you could call us a recruitment marketing agency with a, te- a tech stack, which mm. is the ATS and a few other uh, elements to it as well. Okay. And then, so you're working also with a lot of SMEs and giving a lot of advice on how to improve their brand image as yes. well, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, SMEs are, are, are interesting because, I mean, they're the lifeblood of any, any economy, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. Um, but they also often run on an oily rag. Uh, what do you mean? And, well, they are very cost conscious because it's all about cash flow for them. And so their, their, their propensity for risk uh, is low. So therefore, they try and do everything in house. They try. It's 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 often very tactical as opposed to strategic, because of the nature of the business. Yeah, uh, and but I think things are shifting now, particularly within the recruitment market, where you you need to move away. Or tactics is always important, but you need to work in a, in a very strategic, long term view, mm-hmm. uh, in order to have a sustainable future. Um, and so that's where we come in without the whole recruitment marketing, the employer branding, and say, guys, okay, it's a competitive marketplace. What's your value proposition? Well, in fact, you're actually no different to anybody else in terms of what you do as a core. What is different is potentially the way you do it. Uh, and that's where we come in and help and say, okay, you need to position yourself differently or et cetera, et cetera. What do you find that, SMEs, how they can position themselves differently. Uh, it, it's interesting. So one of the one of the things is so there's a whole idea of specialising versus generalising or being a generalist. Uh, and I think um, if you're a generalist, you're a commodity, so your value proposition has to be really strong. If you're a specialist, it's a little bit potentially it's it's easier because you're you can focus on what you do well, and you can build around that it becomes more about knowledge depth as opposed to knowledge breadth, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So for an SME, I would always encourage, depending on within our space, I would always encourage specialization because I know f- from my own personal experience, if I, when I've had recruiters coming to me not knowing the market that I serve or I'm in or understanding the role that I have within that market demonstrates to me you don't really know me. Um, And I think that it's important that as a recruiter, if you're a recruiter, to understand the markets you're working in. The best recruiters I know 
um, understand their markets really deeply. And, they're, mm. and they're often they're thought leaders. They're out in the market and they're, they're talking to people, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, that would probably be in a nutshell. What's one thing that you see that companies are just doing very poorly that they could quickly turn around and improve? Oh, well, uh, that's, a, that's a big question. <laughs> I think what they do really poorly is their branding. Okay. And I think because for a small company, branding is perceived as a cost as opposed to an investment. Mm. And it's a cost because, it, again, it's like they're tactical and strategical. Tactical brings you revenue quickly, potentially, yeah? Um, whereas strategy brings you long-term. And often an SME is based, it's all about cash flow. So it's, I need the cash flow. I need the cash flow coming through. But in actual fact, it's a balance of both. Mm. You need to have that tactical to turn the wheels, but you need the, the strategy for the direction, yeah? You need to know where you're going, how you get there. Uh, so now I think the key for, my, for a small to medium agency is, to, is the way they brand themselves. It's, it's how they are perceived in the market. So they need to look, they need to, as I said before, they need to blend the needs of the tactical with the needs of the strategic. The strategic's where the branding is. Yeah? Um, and that's where I think, but that also requires an investment in time and resources and and dollars to be frank mm. i mean what can uh what kind of branding do you think because uh, if you're talking about a company that's got you know the manager's doing a lot of the branding you might have one or two people in hr no marketing team how how does a company go about branding better than they're they're doing now to be able to recruit better do you think I think it comes back down. Then I think there's, there's a number of different, way, different ways, but my initial thought would be the people that you have on your front line are brand ambassadors. Mm. Yeah? So it, I think it's, it, it's important for an SME, particularly to a, um, a business manager or, or the business owner, to encourage their team to, become, to, to uh, foster and nurture their personal branding because that will flow back onto the company. Yeah. Mm. There is the, the thought for, with, with many SMEs, maybe more old school uh, owners, is that if, we, if they do that, they're actually, it's more like that they're going to create their own personal brand and leave and do their own thing, yeah? They're going to lose that investment, which yeah. is really short-term thinking, uh, really, really short-term thinking. This is why having a strategy is really important, not just in a roadmap of how financially you're going to move forward, but a robot, man, how are you going to nurture your team moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. So I would encourage every small to medium recruiting agency to think about their employees as brand ambassadors, mm. yeah? building, building channels to market, deep channels, yeah. becoming, I mean, it's, depending on your level of experience, it takes time. Um, but getting into the market, I think there's a propensity now to use technology to help them become more efficient, which is brilliant. But I think that also means there's a the lack of direct communication is is not as strong as it used to be, I suppose. And when I mean direct, it's face-to-face, getting mm-hmm. into the market, networking, building relationships, creating value, um, and that type of thing. Yeah, it's, it's a long-term it's a long-term game right it's a long playing game yeah you just it's not uh 
there's not a quick turnaround and it's got to be consistent and and it does take take time right takes a lot of time takes a lot of time and effort Mm-hmm. And I think that because I think particularly now there's that, again, I'll come back to it, it's that cash flow people, need, and it's not just recruiting agencies, it's all small to be medium, you know? Yeah. You don't have to pay for branding, but you have to encourage it. It's organic in some ways. But also I mm-hmm. think it takes, but I think it also, this, also, this also comes back to having good hiring practices, getting people that can do that on who importantly want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Agree with you. You have to have your team. Every member of the team needs to be a brand ambassador. And that's not, like you said, it's not uh, always an easy proposition for, for employers to, to roll out or for employees to accept, right? It is. And, you, and there, I suppose that there are different levels of being a brand ambassador as well, is that some people are naturally going to be more outwardly facing yeah. and some people will be internally facing. So i.e., your consultants could be out in the market networking and, and engaging with the market, but your back office team is just as important in how they communicate with clients mm-hmm. and the candidates. So it, it doesn't mean everybody has to be on the front line. So if you're going to give us uh, three, three tips, what, what, would you, uh, what would you give us three tips of what we should do? Uh, improve your personal brand. Well, I suppose it really depends on who we who are we talking about. Are we talking about it from a business owner, or are we talking about a consultant? If we're talking about a business owner running a company, so something applicable for recruitment companies or any company in Tokyo that they could do. Okay, so the things things that I would do thing is I would have I would make sure you have a really uh, your, your website is up to speed in terms mm. of the message to market. Uh, we know that increasingly mobile engagement is the way candidates are uh, finding jobs um, your so your website is your is your shop front so that's and it's a relatively easy thing to fix uh, and to manage um, secondly I would encourage your their team to get onto LinkedIn and other social channels and start to create some dialogues and relationships and conversations you know um, and thirdly, I'd have a plan. Actually, and not necessarily. Actually, I'd have the plan first. But that would be a, that would be the other thing. I mean, you need to have a strategy. You just can't do it willy nilly. And there needs to be there needs to be consistency in brand messaging. There needs to be consistency in the objectives that you want to reach, etc. Have you done led teams for planning sessions? And what does that look like? Uh, planning sessions on on for for creating this strategy. Ah, okay. Yeah. So. I th- the, the, this is another really big question. It's a very long one to answer. But, yes, um, as I said, it, it comes back. What you, it's like anything. You need to come back to the core. What is the objective? What, what am I in business for? What is, you know, as um, I can't remember his name now, uh, it's your whole why thing. Why are we here? What, what's our purpose? Um, mm. And everything is driven from that. And that strategy is driven from that, you know. So what is our purpose? What is our out- outcome? There's going to be tangible and intangible objectives um, that you need to focus on. But I, and I think it's important that when you're doing your strategy planning is you have those objectives, you bring everybody in because everybody's stake, especially with a small business, uh, everybody's a stakeholder um, because often in a very small business, they're obviously multi, they can be multitasking. So they have different 
they have different touch points, doing different things. So it's, a, it's important to bring it all together, get people thinking about, and it's, a, it's about community. It's about, it's about family. And I, know, I don't mean that in a, I think we use it, we overly use that term, but never follow, follow through with it. But if everybody's on the same page, it makes the strategy much easier. That being said, mm-hmm. a good manager or a good business owner will encourage diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. Particularly in a market that is quite commoditized, diversity of thought is really important. Yeah. Um, and often that's where the innovation comes and the differentiation, etc. cetera. Uh, so when I was managing team, it was all about having, you know, what is our why? Here, here is the... Here is the basic structure of where of what we want to do. How do we get there that makes us positions us differently? Yeah, mm. uh, and that's why it's important to have everybody because everybody has a different view on how the business is is to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a big question, uh, and it, and it's yeah. and I I'll be right up front. It's not my skill set. You know, if I was if I was a small uh, small business owner, I would bring in somebody to help facilitate that uh, because the other, the other issue that you face doing it yourself is bias. Yeah? Yeah. So I would bring in somebody and you don't have to have, you know, a McKinsey consultant come in or anything like that. There are some really good, uh, I suppose, consultants that I know of in, in Tokyo uh, that can facilitate that type of activity. And they're not... Well, you've been- you, just sitting down with you has uh, opened my eyes a lot when, uh, uh, whenever we thank talk. You. Well, you know, I enjoy talking to people uh, and I like finding out about why people are doing what they're doing, uh, what their challenges are, and if I can help, then brilliant. But yeah. I can't always help, so that's okay yeah. as well. It's, a, it's a, yeah, the plan, LinkedIn uh, and the website. I'm surprised at how many companies don't have – a landing page for recruitment. Yeah. You mean like a career page? Yeah. Uh, Just a simple career page, whether, I mean, you can even throw one of those up on, on LinkedIn for free, right? You don't even have to do anything with your website. Just <laughs> something that's attracting yeah, people, Yeah, no, right? absolutely. I, I think the issue with LinkedIn, though, is it's, it's limited in what you can actually put up. On your career page, it, basically, it's when you're telling your story. We know people are researching. And even now, even though the, J- the Japanese market's gone from 1.6 jobs per opening to now 1.32, I think that was the last stat that I saw, um, what it means is, is your website's even more important because the good talent mm-hmm. will be researching. Yeah? Yeah. So if, if I have a recruiter come to me and say, oh, I, you know, Anthony, this job's coming, I'll say, okay, who's it with? I, the first thing I'm going to do is go on their website, check them out. See how, see whether their website makes me feel, how it makes me feel. It does it all add mm. up. Then I might go to Glassdoor and a few others just to double check around. Um, but that would be the first thing. Everybody does it. And for those companies that don't, who see their website as just uh, as a place marker for what they do, they're really missing an opportunity. They really are. Um, and then you, you guys do it a lot. You use video now. And video is the other area that they should really be. Because people, I think young people now, I'm sounding like an old man, but I suppose I am compared <laughs> to them, but it's, it's all about 
it's all about the value, yeah? It's not necessarily about how much they're getting paid or what their job title is. Well, it's still important. It's about all the other elements of it. And, and increasingly now, it's also about job security. Right. And, walk, and how companies, their employer brand, how is that company walking the talk with their employer brand? Yeah. So I think there, so, and, and how do you do all that? You do it through your website as one of the core areas it's not the only area but it's one of the core areas social media also comes into that as well yeah yeah I, one of the things that I, I always try to coach clients and my employees on is value and mm. highlighting what you say the value proposition that you're giving uh potential applicants so it's not just about having a career page, mm. but it's having some interactions with on different medias that add value, mm. right? So you don't go out and put the videos out just for the sake of putting out the videos. Uh, you got to try and give some value to someone out there or articles or whatever you're posting. Yeah. It's interesting because I think one of the things that, that, SMEs can potentially do, it does take a bit of it, is, is start to build personas of the type of people that they want working in their company. Mm. Not so much on job title, but on, but on the type of people they want. And then building their communication strategy around that, you know, where, what type of content are they interested in, what motivates them, what scares them, um, and, and things like that. Because, and then you're then what you're producing is about it will resonate. Yeah, you're spot on. I, I when I go into companies, I try to help them build out a process. And the very first step is taking a look at what they already have in place and what they're looking to hire and what will build that into the future. I used to do uh, a lot with top grading, and that's. That's all that whole process starts off with is really looking at building out the who are you looking to hire? Who are the A players? What is an A player? And you define that and then you build the strategy for the recruitment process around that. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, and one, one thing I'll add to that is and I, don't, I don't think I know any SMEs that actually do this. There are some big companies that do it. But every year there should be, you know, senior management in an SME, I mean, there's probably only one or two, who depends on how big they are, should sit down and identify in the marketplace who they want and target them, yeah? So I'm looking at our and say, you know what? I want David Sweet on my team this year. How am I going to do that? What, you know, obviously there's a why I need him, et cetera, et cetera. But the good companies, the big, the really good big company, they do that. They know in the talent, who the talent pool is in their industry and they identify them and their job is to poach them. And that's what, they, that's what an SME should be doing. You know, maybe not at that extreme level, but the theory. I think the upper management oftentimes does that, mm. but they don't necessarily communicate it to the rest of the team. And it doesn't trickle down from a shot show from the uh. MD down to the Cacho level or to HR. And mm. it's, it's building what I, I 
call it a virtual bench, right? You're always meeting mm-hmm. people and an SME can always build a virtual bench. You might not be able to target, you know, who you want over a company XYZ, but you can start meeting people like that. All the mm. And so you build up that virtual bench. If you're always hiring salespeople or if you're, and you know that you're going to have to hire 10 salespeople next year, mm. you should always be meeting salespeople and oh, encouraging your sales manager or director to do that and HR if they're in charge of it. But it's, yeah. it's that value proposition you need to, that upper management needs to, to speak to their team about. I agree. One of the things I'm really passionate about is, is communities and talent pools. I mean, they've been around for a long time and they've come, gone in and out of favor. But if I was running a, a recruitment agency, I would be, and I'm, you know, maybe I'm, I have different streams. I've got finance, tech, you know, healthcare, et cetera. Mm. I would be building talent communities. Uh, I would have talent communities on my, web, my website, for instance. And in those talent communities or that talent content, would be, there would be content on that. So those elements become destinations for talent. You know? I'd have an email newsletter. I'd have social media. I'd have showcase pages on LinkedIn, all built around creating a pipeline of talent that I can, I can nurture when I need it. Um, yeah, that, that applies also for companies, yeah. not just recruiting agencies. Yeah, I think that's you're spot on with, with that. I think you have to do it these days. I think that, I think it's too competitive. Good talent is too hard to find. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots. Of, so you need to create an environment that is sticky for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually brought up a really good point in your video this morning that I what I uh, we mentioned earlier. The um, the, the the guide for SMEs, right? Yeah. The whole idea of creating a database of potential targets as an SME that is crucial, absolutely fundamental. You should have a database of everybody you meet, yeah. of every every previous person who's applied. Um, they should be doing that. Yeah, it saves it saves a lot of money. Well, I'll I'll add a link to the the short and sweet video. Yeah, on, this, on the podcast notes. Thank you for that. What, yeah. Leave us, uh, leave us with an omiyage. What would, if you were, what would, what recruitment hack would you, you uh, leave us with? Oh, recruitment hack. Hmm. The thing I uh, now it's it's about it's about employer and personal branding. Honestly, if you're not doing that, you're not differentiating. It's it's a commodity marketplace in terms of the amount of recruiting agencies that are out there and recruiters are out there. You, you need to be able to position yourself differently. If you're not, then you're going to miss out. Um, especially in the small to medium space, mm. the big boys play on volume. Uh, yeah. They probably don't want me to say that, but they do. Uh, the small players are more relationship based. So the hack, I don't know if it's a hack, but I, that's what I would be pushing, building your personal personal brand and your company brand yeah, massively. So some, uh, we've got our, our three barefoot lunch questions. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> give us one book you recommend everyone should read. Okay. I, well, it's actually a design book, uh, and it's called Don't Make Me Think. Uh, and the whole idea is it that we're in a time poor market. The more you have to make somebody think about something, the further away they am they are to making a decision. Yeah? Now that's generalizing, but in theory, it's the, it, it, 
to me, that's the essence of whether it's good website. Actually, it's very relevant to good website design. Hmm. Uh-huh. The more you make somebody think, the further away you are from having them make it, make it action. Nice. Who, who wrote the book? The book is written by a guy. He's, he's very well known in the design community, and it's called, I have to get it, Stephen Krug. So, oh, sorry, Steve Krug. So, K-R-U-G. Okay, we'll put, uh, we'll put links to the book in the, in the yeah. show notes. It's fantastic if you're looking to redesign your website and for mobile engagement. Fantastic. Thank you. But it works on a, on a many different levels. And uh, what's your favorite lunch? Oh, man, you know, this was a hard one. Um, I was going to say tempura. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the best thing for my body, but uh, I, do li- I do like you it. Got, you got any recommendations for tempura? No, no, I'm not fussy. I'll eat anything that's got tempura on it. It's, it's terrible because nice. um, I'm constantly hungry. So. Nice. <laughs> so that would be it. Sorry, nothing, nothing uh, exotic. That's a good one. If you could invite anyone to lunch, living or dead, who would you invite? Oh, now this is going to be polarizing, but I'd, I'd invite Lance Armstrong. Really? Why is that? Oh, man, because he's, he's polarizing. I, want, I just want to know Why? How and everything else that goes with it. Obviously, I've, I come from a triathlon background, so there's obviously a connection there with sport. But uh, to me, he's done. I mean, even though we know a lot, he's still an enigma in many ways. You know, it's yeah. I, I just want to sit down and say, why? Nice. You did so. You did so much good, but you did so much bad. Yeah. I mean that. I, was, I could have gone for the, the normal stuff like Martin Luther King and things like that, which would be interesting, particularly now. Yeah. But I think uh, Lance Armstrong would just be interesting. Yeah. They, they call him up, invite him out for some tempura and uh, find, out, <laughs> find out what's going on there. Well, yeah, well, that w- it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. It really is such a flawed guy. But, uh, yeah, that would, so that would be him. Well, that would be the person. And if we want to find out more about you, where would we, where would we go to do that? Well, you can find me uh, on well, my email. Can I give my email address? I'll put that in the show notes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm on LinkedIn, obviously. Uh, TamagoDB. Uh, we'll be launching a new website very soon. soon. That's Tamago, T-A-M-G-O as in the egg, yep. hyphen db.com. Um, if anybody wants some help, with uh, you know, building a, an ATS system for their agency, or want some advice on recruitment marketing or employee branding, um, I'm happy to help. Our excellence, that's great. Thanks. Well, thank yeah. you for your time, Anthony. It's been insightful and uh, learned some uh, good marketing tips. All right, David. Thanks for having me on. This brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for being a listener. The Barefoot Lunch podcast is released on the 1st and 15th of the month and can be found on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. If you like what you've heard, please leave a rating and a nice comment. And thank you. Our original music was composed and performed for the Barefoot Lunch podcast by Sweeney Davis. Sweeney Davis.